the comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Good afternoon and welcome to Thanksgiving week. And this week we thought we would talk a little bit about something I know very little about. And that's why uh, I think uh, Delmar is going to do this. Uh, We never talk much about the pre-flood world. You know, we know there was a world prior to that. There was the garden and there was Adam and Eve and there was uh, all these other things going on. But we really don't begin to see, uh, at least from our Sabbath school or our Sunday school classes, much about what happened before pre-flood. Now, I'm assuming David and Goliath were pre-flood. They were post-flood. They were post too. All right. Yeah. See, so there's just a whole bunch of stuff we're going to learn this week, and I thank you for being here to take this week with us. Uh, we are on 27 pod sites around the world. Basically, just go to the pod site you use and put in the view from a pew, and then also uh, by this time we should be live on Roku. And if you've got a Roku Fire Stick. And I know that I know I just said something really geeky that's not true. If you have a Roku streaming apparatus, you can now go and look for the view from a pew, um, and it'll come up, and all of our programs will be there on Roku. And I thank my producer, Garth, for getting it done for me. He's a great guy, and we're lucky to have him. All right, so evil continually just keeps coming at us. And this time, what the Bible says about pre-flood world. Take it away, Pastor. Mac, the reason we don't know a lot about the pre-flood world is because the Bible doesn't tell us a lot. It's a fairly short segment, a few chapters in, before the story of the flood takes place. Genesis, first book of the Bible, right? Yeah. Verse or uh, Chapters 1 and 2 tell the story of creation. Okay. Chapters 6, 7, and 8 basically tell the story of the flood. So you have just a few chapters sandwiched in before the, uh, or after the story of creation, before the time of the flood. So what do we know? What, what came in 3, 4, and 5? Well, that's, 3 is basically the explanation of sin, what oh, happened. We need, and, we need a whole chapter on that? Yeah, because sin's a big issue in this world. I've heard that. But there isn't a lot of content uh, during this period of time, and we don't know for sure what that period of time was, but if you follow Bible chronology, it appears like there was a, at least 2,000 years between the time of creation and the time of the flood. So they had the potential for a fair amount of things happening. And what does the Bible tell us? Because God creates this world. The Genesis story is a story of a perfect world, right? Right. God creates, before sin enters this world, it's it's a perfect situation for Adam and Eve. 
by the time we get down to the time of the flood, which again is approximately 2,000 years, then we have uh, chaotic violence going on in this world. When did uh, Adam and Eve fall uh, from grace? We don't know that for sure. Somewhere between a little after creation and before the flood. Right. Okay. Well, so, that kind of nails it down. Yeah, but but we have this this space that's there that we don't know a whole lot about. So I, I've been thinking about this recently and trying to do some study in it, and that's what I'd like to try to focus on. Now, the flood story is always a big story. Uh, it just attracts a lot of people that like to study about what happened at the time of the flood. Interestingly, you go through the world and you go back in history and you can find every ancient civilization had a flood story. Now, some of the stories are different, but you can find them all around the world. Uh, Egypt, the Aztec people, the Mayan people, India, uh, Mesopotamia, China, Native Americans, other places in Africa, they all had flood stories about this great event that takes place. Are they all tied to Noah, or is just the one in the Bible tied to Noah? Uh, Noah is mentioned in some of the flood stories, not all of them. Again, there's different details that are in the different flood stories, but they all talk about this horrendous flood that takes place. In fact, one of the early uh, documents that we have in history is the Epic of Gilgamesh, It came from Mesopotamia, and it is a story, a fanciful story, about an individual who's supposed to be a half-god and a half-human, and he is searching for immortality. He's he's a half-god, but he still doesn't have that, and he's wandering around the earth, and in the story— he hears the story of the flood. Somebody tells him the story of the flood. So this is in the Bible. No, the, the this Epic of Gilgamesh is not a, is not oh. a biblical document. Oh, it's a, it's a story from ancient ancient times. All right, that's and awesome. and in this preserved document, we have a story or we have a reference to the flood. So it's it, the story of the flood is not just found in the Bible; it's found all over. So there is reason to believe that, indeed, the Bible's telling us the truth about this. Yeah, and when someone, uh, someone says, well, the Bible isn't true, there are other books people can look up where have stories about Jesus and other times of the beginning. And, you know, just uh, know, know your stuff when you start battling it out with an antichrist. <laughs> there- I mean atheist, excuse me. There, there are a lot of historical information that helps us to understand that what the Bible is saying is confirmed by much of, of what we see in ancient history. Uh, f- for Christians, I think it's always important, too, to recognize the fact uh, of what took place, understand what took place at the time of the flood, because later on, Jesus and even uh, the Apostle Peter, talk about the flood story in context of the last days. In in the last days, the Bible talks about a a time of trouble or a time of tribulation that's going to come, and 
Jesus compares it to the time of Noah, doesn't he? Yeah, right. That's he says something no. about yeah, and okay. and and uh, if we have time, we're going to get to that uh, later. But I'm just bringing this out. This should have significance for Christians living today to understand what was going on and what the ramifications of all these events was. Okay, now the characters that we read first in the Genesis story, Adam and Eve, and their first two sons. And their first two sons are Cain and Abel. Yep. And Abel grows to be an adult, but he doesn't live long, right? Because Cain becomes jealous. Cain kills his brother Abel. I think that's uh, where they get the term raising Cain. Yes. Maybe because he rose Cain. (laughs) It couldn't have been easy to to raise Cain because of his hostility, uh, not only towards his brother, but he becomes somewhat hostile towards God. And uh, what the Bible does in Genesis then is to follow the descendants of Cain, and then later on, remember Abel's died, Adam and Eve have, have another son. Do you remember who that son was? No. His name was Seth. And Seth begins to have children too. And we follow that line of Seth. And that's basically what uh, chapters 4 and 5 are. They are following the descendants of Cain and what happened to them and the descendants of Seth. So we have kind of two lines that are brought out. Well, Cain, after he kills his brother is told that he can no longer stay around the family. He needs to uh, head away. And it says, the Bible says that he goes to the land of Nod. Now, we're not given any other information about the land of Nod other than the name Nod seems to have the connotation to it of wandering. That it's not so much necessarily a particular place as you will now go to the place of wandering. You will now go out and your life will be about wandering around. But And, and Cain does that. But as Cain, uh, as, as years go by, as years pass, Cain begins a family. Now, I know the first one of the first questions people are going to say is, how can he start a family? Where did he find a wife, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we don't know that because the Bible doesn't exactly say. Most Bible scholars have presumed that because both Seth and Cain start families, that it is with sisters that have come from Adam and Eve. And and, and no, the Bible doesn't tell us that there were other children that were born, but Adam and Eve lived a significant number of years, could have very, and they were told by God to multiply and fill the earth. Yeah. So no doubt they were doing that. They were following the command of God, and more and more children were being born, and Cain has a wife, and one of the first things that Cain does is to build a city. And the city that he builds is the city of Enoch. 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 And it becomes probably a center for his descendants, but his descendants must be growing too. 
large, you know, a fair number. If you're living hundreds of years, and this is what the Bible gives us as far as chronology, if you're living that long a period of time and you are healthy and fertile, you are probably having a good number of children, and it doesn't take long over time to populate a good uh, portion of it, of the area. So this is what happens, and in uh, Genesis chapter four, we are following the 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 children, uh, the descendants of Cain, and we will do that for you this coming Wednesday, right here on the View from a Pew. I want to thank my co-host Delmar Ashton to be Ashton, Austin to be here. Sorry about that. Like in Texas. Yeah, like in Texas. And also our sponsor, Divine Truth Christian Store.com. Uh, we appreciate them, you listening, and everybody else. Have a great week. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.